Good morning, New Zealand. It's so good to see you. I'm Pastor Jim Bowen from Seven Springs Church in Lithia Springs, Georgia. As, as we say here, the good old USA. And so excited to be with you and Pastor Peter and Cara. Love them so much. I had the privilege of, um, of meeting them and having a wonderful dinner with them when I was in New Zealand right before the pandemic hit, back at the end of 2019. Got to minister for a couple of weeks in your country there. What a beautiful, beautiful place, man. I'm just breathtaking, but had the opportunity to meet with him, talk to them, and actually see your church. He took me over and I got to walk through it. It was nighttime, so I didn't get to see any of you, but hopefully uh, we can rectify that and I'll get to see you guys again soon once all this pandemic stuff is behind us. But honored to be with you today and I wanna share a word that is dear to my heart because I think in the season that we're in, that all of us are going through, in dealing with the pandemic, dealing with Corona virus and all the stuff that's happened. Um, if we don't get our thinking right, we get our confession right, it's really easy for us to fall into the funk, so to speak, and just really be overcome by life. And uh, I wanna share with you this morning a mindset that we choose and we gravitate between the two more often than we probably want to realize, but we're either a victim or we're a victor. And the choice oftentimes is ours. And how, we, and how we kind of process through that. I'm gonna draw a, a story from the Old Testament with you, one that I'm sure you're familiar with, that you've been taught over the years. But in Numbers chapter 13, we're shared the story of the, of the spies, of the 12 spies who are sent by Moses. They're in Kadesh Barnea, approximately 21 days out of Egyptian bondage. They've crossed the Red Sea. They're now near the Promised Land, not too far from the Jordan River to cross over. And God instructed Moses to send some spies over and bring back a report, and they did. And you know the story. Uh, the 12 came back. They all said the same thing. The land is awesome. It's everything God said it was. But it is there that there is a diversion. And now you've got 10 that say, we can't go in and possess the land because there's giants there. And, and the fortified cities and the, and the land seems to swallow the people. So they just said, we can't do it. But there were two, and we know them as Joshua and Caleb. And they said, oh, yes, we can. Yeah, there's giants over there. Yes, there's walled cities over there. But our God is well able to help us overtake them and, and possess the land. Well, because they, they chose not to follow Joshua and Caleb, uh, the people were scared and afraid because they believed the report of the 10 spies who said it can't happen. And of course, we know the story from there. They wandered around in the wilderness for some 40 years until finally that generation of the 10 spies who were 20 and older passed away. And then Joshua and Caleb and their tribes and their families, along with those who were under the age of 20 from the other, from the other 10 spies, they got to go over ultimately and possess the land. But it's in this story right here that we see a beautiful picture of, of, of us and a beautiful picture of our mentality and how we think and how we talk about life. Let me give you a quick definition of what a victor is and what a victim is. A victor is a person who defeats an enemy or an opponent in battle, a game, or other competition. A victim is a person who has been attacked, injured, robbed, or killed by someone else. A, vict a victim is a person who is cheated or fooled by someone else. A victim is someone or something that is harmed by an unpleasant event, such as an illness, an accident, or something like that. And let me say up front, I don't want to minimize anybody 
anything that you've gone through in life. Some of you maybe are a victim of a terrible tragedy, terrible accident, or someone has done something to you. And, and those, are, those are legitimate. And, and those, those are real feelings and those are real situations where you have truly been victimized and you have to work through that. But when we take the definitions of a victor and a victim and we apply them to how we come out of a truly victimized situation, we have to make some choices. We have to, we have to make choices on how we're going to move forward. Well, in the, in the COVID-19, the pandemic era that we all are, are working through, we were down. We didn't have church for over six months. So I understand where you're at. I understand what you're feeling, what you're going through. Thankfully, since uh, the fall of last year, we've been able to kind of get our, our legs back under us and we're back in church and we're thankful for that. But it's been a tough time, it's been a tough time for all of us. And I know you guys are there again. And the enemy's probably playing mind games with you. And I want to speak to that briefly this morning. I wish I had more time to kind of dig into it. But the truth is, I just want to give you some principles and then bring you to a closing and give you some instructions from my heart on how I believe we can have a victor's mindset and live and walk in that. We have to make a choice. And I want you to listen to this statement right here. If you do not continually improve, you will become critical. You will become critical of those who do. You see, we tend to put down, talk about, minimalize something or someone who seems to be going in a positive direction, whose things seem to be working their way. And again, that doesn't minimize what you've been through. It may have been a true tragedy, something that you could not do anything about, but it happened to you. But while you can't change what happened to you, you can move forward with how you think and how you process forward because of that situation. And I pray that those of you who are struggling right now in this pandemic era, who are, are having a tough time with your business, your family, or whatever, trying to navigate uh, the closure there of your country, I want to encourage you. It's not always going to be like this. There is, we are, you are going to come through this. You are going to move forward. It may be different and it will be different, but it can be better. And it can be better because your mindset has, has truly made the decision. I'm not going to let what I'm going through define me, but rather I'm going to rise above it and use it to make me better, make me stronger and be the victor that God has called me to be. Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians 15, he says that God has given us the victory through Jesus Christ. We have the victory. We have to choose to walk in it, live in it, talk it, experience it on a daily basis. Even when circumstances are screaming out, it's anything but that. So I know you know that. I know Pastor Peter has preached that to you, and I'm sure I'm just repeating a lot of things that he's already said to you, but I really pray that for that individual or that family or that business, there in your church is going through a tough time that you hear this today and you receive it as a positive affirmation and encouragement to you that things can and will be better, but you got to choose to go through it with a positive attitude and an optimistic outlook, not according to what you think or how you feel, but because of what God's word says. Now, when we look at the story of Caleb and Joshua, we do know that ultimately they did cross over the Jordan. They were victorious and, and they led, Joshua and Caleb led the children of Israel through actually about five years of battle and of struggle. And when we get to the story here in Joshua 14, we see where Caleb says these things like this. He says, you know what? I remember when we went to Kadesh Barnea, we received the word of the Lord. He told us to go over and to spy out the land and bring back a report. 
And he says, you know, now here I am 45 years later. Now that means they have been fighting for five years to possess the land that God says was theirs. And I don't have time to read it to you, but you can check the reference in Joshua chapter 21, verses 43, 44, and 45. And you can see there where Joshua is standing before the people. He's telling the people that God has fulfilled everything that he said. Israel now has possessed all of the land. Everything that God said was ours. We're living there. He even says that we're living there in peace and we've occupied the land. So we know that in those five years, even here where Caleb says, I'm going to go and I'm going to possess the land that God promised to me, the mountain region there that God had promised to him. So we know that Caleb possessed that. Caleb did go in and he was successful and he possessed the land. But I want you to hear the words though of Caleb and what he says right here. He's speaking to to, to to Joshua. And he says in the seventh verse of chapter 14, he says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse nine, so Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land, the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, I love this right here. The Lord has kept me alive, 85 years old. The Lord has kept me alive. As he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word of Moses to me while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. He obviously wants us to know you're never too old to possess the promises of God. So don't ever give up on the promise that God's given you. It may not look like it's happening right now, but, but Caleb has said, I have held on to this for 45 years. I was 40 when I received it and I fought for 45 years to possess it. And here I am 85 and I'm ready to take it. But now listen to what he says. As yet I am strong this Strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me in. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, which the Lord says this day, for you have heard it in that day, how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out. And Joshua blessed him and he gave Hebron to Caleb. And of course, I won't go on, but you know the story. He goes in there and he possesses it because we know in Joshua 21 that Joshua said, we have gotten everything that God, all the land that God promised us, we have received it. But I want you to see what Caleb said right here, how Caleb projected, because out of this, we draw three simple things that I believe are imperative. If we're going to move forward and possess the promise that God has promised us, if we're going to come through a difficult situation that we may find ourselves in, and you're there right now in the midst of a pandemic, shut down and you're trying to figure out how we're going to go forward, how we're going to do this, how are we going to overcome another shutdown? What is it going to look like? What is our future going to look like? I just want to say to you right now that God's got a great plan for you. He's got a great future prepared for you. And you've got to believe that God's best for you is yet to come. And don't you dare give up. Keep pushing forward. But three things that we see in here that Caleb instructs us. First, Caleb says, you got to see it. Listen to what he says. I was 45 years old when the servant of the Lord sent me in, in, in verse seven. 
He said, send me from Katie's party to spy out the land. And I brought back to him as it was in my heart. So he went and he saw the land. You know, when you see what God is saying, that's called vision. And you will never possess what you can't see. And you will never achieve what you don't first see. Every great endeavor, everything that pretty much man has ever accomplished, he has saw it first. God, when he spoke the world into existence, he saw it as it was. And by his words, he spoke it, but it was first in the mind of God. God created us in his image. He has given us that creative ability to be able to see things. How do you think anything has ever been invented? Somebody saw it in their mind's eye first. And they begin to put that reality or they begin to put that vision into reality. It may have taken several attempts. They may have failed many times, but they kept going because what they said they saw was so big in them. They could not give up on the vision. I hope you've got a vision of your future. I hope you're seeing something that is positive in front of you, a possibility that is in front of you. And don't give up on what God has promised you. You must see it. People who live by the victim mentality can't or don't see with the eyes of faith. Now, I'm quoting a verse that I know many of you know, Hebrews 11 and 1. Now, faith is the substance or the confidence of the things that we have hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's how we have to approach this. We must be willing to see it. We must see with the lens of positivity. We must see with the lens of the confidence that what God has said, God will perform. He will do how he does it, when he does it. That's his business. But it's ours to have faith and not give up and not back up. We've got to see it. We've got to see it first before we'll ever possess it. But then Caleb says this, you have to say it. So Moses swore on that day saying, saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed after the Lord. He is reminding Joshua, Joshua here in verse nine, he's speaking to Joshua back in Joshua 14, but in that ninth verse, he's reminding Joshua, this is what God said to us. And because God said it, I believe that I've acted on it. And now I am declaring this mountain is mine. You've got to fight for what you believe. You've got to see it and you're gonna to have to start projecting it and say it. Faith has a language, it speaks forth. Seeing it is wonderful, but you now have to speak it. And that's what, that's what Caleb is saying. I just didn't see the land, but I'm declaring to you what Moses said that, that God said to us, I'm, I'm, I'm banking everything on it. I'm standing in faith and I am declaring without reservation that I will have what God said is mine. I'm saying it. I'm speaking it. I love the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 11. We know it well. Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says, I love this, Mark 11, 22, 23, whoever says, say the word say, you got to say it. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done. Seeing it is wonderful. You got to see it before you can ever achieve it. You got to see it before you'll ever possess it. But you got to then speak what you're seeing. You've got to put words to it. You got to make a declaration of faith. Now, I'm not talking about running out here willy-nilly and just saying anything and everything. We have to know that what, we're see what we say we see is lining up with God's word. And if we're standing on the promise of God and what God has spoken to us clearly in his word, we can say 
say it confidently that God is going to do it. We are going to experience that which he has promised us. You see, your words, just like the power that God used to create the heavens and the earth, and because we are made in his image, we have the ability to see he's given us that creative ability. How do you think everything was ever invented? God put it in the hearts and the minds of men. They just didn't dream this up. It was put in there by the Almighty. But then he also tells us that God spoke the worlds into existence. God spoke what he saw and it became. And we have to take that because you see our words, our words are either used to create our future to a better life or our words are used to tear down and destroy possibility. So I pray that you're speaking positively today. I'm not talking about name it, claim it, frame it, and just talking off the top of your head, but I'm talking about speaking the truths of God's word. Whatever God says, we can stand on it. Now, we don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when you're gonna be released from shutdown. I don't know how what circumstances are gonna be when you come out of it, but I can promise you this. If God's made you a promise, and you see it by faith, and you can speak it by faith, he's going to bring it to pass according to his will and purpose for you. And we know his will and purpose for us according to Romans 12 and two, God's will for us is good. God's got a great plan for our life. His will for us is good. And I love what Proverbs 18, 21 says, you all know it, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. You're gonna eat the fruit of a positive future or you're gonna eat the fruit of a negative future. You create that by speaking and believing and refusing to give up in spite of circumstances, in spite of what it may look like, you hold on to the promise, you hold on to what God has showed you by faith, you see it, and now by faith you're declaring it. But then the third component in this is you see it, you say it, and then Caleb seized it. He seized what he said he saw. He took that mountain. We know he did because again, I remind you, Joshua said in Joshua 21, he tells them there, God has given us all. Every man, every tribe is in the land that God promised. Everybody's there, they're in it, they're at peace, they've possessed it, they've taken control of it. They had, now we do know later that of course Israel, you know, they went through a lot of journeys, ups and downs, and went into, went into captivity several times, and a lot of stuff happened. But on the front end, in those first five, six years right there, we know that Israel possessed the promise of God. They seized what they said they saw. And I love that right there because that gives me so much hope to move forward and to keep going. In spite of the setbacks, and I promise you, there's setbacks on the way to possessing and seizing what you say you've seen. There's setbacks. There's going to be trial, and there's going to be difficulties. There's going to be failure along the way. But you see, you get back up. Moses told Joshua and Caleb this, and I can promise you, Joshua and Caleb went through a lot of battles. Everything didn't work out. In fact, right after, right after Israel defeated the walls of Jericho, the next thing we see where they go to take the city, the small city of Ai, Ai, they, were, they had 30-something guys killed. I mean, Joshua was a mess. Well, we know the story there is because there was sin in the camp. They were told not to keep anything from Jericho, but give it all to God, that first fruit offering, give it everything that they took out of Jericho. They were to give it back to God, and they didn't. But you remember the story of Achan there. Achan kept some stuff for himself. And of course, 
He violated the word of God and the people paid the price for that. This doesn't say that you can just live any old way, do any old thing you want to do. If there's failure in your life, there's sin in your life, there's mistakes there, deal with them. Don't ignore them. Don't say, well, you know, I'm, well, because I've messed up, I'm disqualified. No, you're not. Because if we confess our sins, 1 John 1 and 9, God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You see, we're under the new covenant. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to try and fail. And, and those, that, that's life. But those who are victorious, keep getting back up. Keep getting back up. And you know, you, you may have been knocked down. You may have lost some stuff. Maybe your business suffered a setback. Maybe you've lost your business. I've, I've lost friends, pastor friends, ministry friends in this COVID season where they, they died, but they died believing. They died knowing their, their reward is so incredible. It's so far beyond anything we can imagine. But I want to, I want to pull you back in here as I, as I bring things to a close. And I want to remind you, you have to see it first. If you don't have a promise from God, it's because you're not looking in God's word. You're not seeking the Lord. You're not asking God. I think most everybody is born with the vision of a better life, something more, something better. And sometimes we chase elusive dreams that God didn't give us. Um, you see, you're never going to possess what God has not created in you to possess. You know, I've, I've always had aspirations of being a great singer and musician. Uh, truth is, I don't have a great voice. So, you know, I can have that dream, but it's not really how God wired me. We have to learn to understand that God has put certain things in you, abilities, talents, and all. We call it stay in our lane. And when we move in our lane and we, 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 we see the things that God's promised us in our lane, we can say with confidence, this is what God has said to me. This is what God has shown me. And we can be like Habakkuk. We can write it down. We can make it plain so the guy who gets it can run with it. You see, because your vision that you say you saw, when you really believe it and you work through the difficulties and you overcome the opposition and the setbacks with God's help, you're going to possess it. So again, I want to encourage you today there at Expression Church. I don't know the battle, the struggle you guys have been through. I know some of it because I know what we've went through here. Um, great people in my church. Uh, some of them are still trying to dig themselves out of the pandemic loss. They're still having to start over and, and, and do some things. And they're still working through that. We even had setbacks as a church and we had to go through transition. We had to go through changes, but we committed to stay together, to work through the setbacks, to work through the challenges and be the church that God has called Seven Springs to be. And I know Expression Church has a great future. Pastor Peter, I pray that God just continues to bless you and all of those. You may share this with other pastors and other churches around to encourage them. And if you're, if you're one of those churches, one of those pastors, I want to encourage you. Don't you dare give up either. Everything I've said to Pastor Peter and Expression Church applies to you as well. But I do want to say to Pastor Peter and Cara, I love you guys. And I know that God's best is yet for you. So keep pushing forward. Keep being faithful in the things that God has put in your heart to do. And I know you've got a great future. But to all of the friends and family members of Expression Church, I want you to know that God's promise for you is still yes and amen. And if you hang in there and keep moving forward, God's got great things for you. God bless you. I want to pray with you before I release you today. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit will take this simple little word of see it, say it, and seize it. 
I've given a lot of stuff to you here. You can go back and you can reread the scripture references I made. You can dig out some things out for yourself, but I think it's enough there that it'll give you some hope. You see, I don't want you to lose hope because when you lose hope, that's when you give up and that's when things really fall apart. But as long as you have hope in what you said God showed you and you keep pushing toward it by faith, God will give you the victory. You will possess what he said, what you said you saw that God has showed you and you're gonna have a great end, amen. Father, I bless you and thank you for this awesome pastor. I thank you for Pastor Peter and Cara, Lord. I thank you for Expression Church. You know the battle that they're in. You know what they're facing. You know the challenges that they face as a church. You know what they face as individual and families and individuals within the family. But Lord, I pray your best for them right now. I pray that they stand up and that they dare to be refused and denied, that they dare to say, we will not back up, we will not quit. Our best is still yet forward and fight the good fight of faith, knowing that the promise is laid up there for them. I bless them, I speak courage to them, and Lord, as they confess anything in their heart of their life that they know is hindering them from moving forward, I thank you that because of the precious blood of Jesus, that sin, that failure is washed away and they've got a bright future in you. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for letting me share with you. And I hope to get to see you soon, maybe sometime in the next year or two, I'll be able to get back over there to New Zealand. I want to have Pastor Peter and, and Cara to come here. I'd love for them to come and see what God's doing with us and how we've overcome some challenges too. But God bless you. I love you and have a great day and praying for you always. God bless.